Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. And we're back. Back recording our first episode in weeks. In almost months. Almost months, but not quite. We, we, we beat that. It's probably six weeks since we recorded our last episode. Yeah, it was before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I, and then I didn't edit that for another couple weeks so. which worked out because it paced it paced things nicely <laughs> yeah. we got a pre-christmas episode we had big plans we were going to do episodes in december when i was on tour in the middle of tour <laughs> it yeah. seemed like a great idea before i was on tour <laughs> i know i mean lots happened in this break i mean chief among it if you've been following us for a long time was that eric put out his album with the holophonics and Finally. went on tour it happened. Lavos, go listen to it if you haven't yet. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't listened to it, I'd be, a, what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like it's great. I would love, one day we're going to re-listen to the podcast. I think we even talked about that being yeah. the next version of this is where we do a podcast about the podcast. But I feel like we got a nice um, journey along with you, Eric, on the recording, finishing, and releasing of the record. Yeah. I did see one listener at uh, a show on tour. You did? Yeah. Eric Saxton uh, oh, yeah, came out to our Chicago show and they drove like a long ass time from, like, it was like seven hours from Minneapolis or through the snow. Like our Chicago show was very, very cold. I mean, it got, it was like right at the beginning of that polar vortex yeah. thing. So it was like in the teens and snowing. Uh, and they were on the road for like seven hours to get to our Chicago show. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's really rad. <laughs> um, they're a big fan like, um, Eric and so that's so cool. Did you talk pod at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and, uh, they got plenty of music projects up there that they're working on. Uh, so it was cool to catch up. I think the last time. We saw each other in person might have been like 2018 when the Holophonics toured uh, up to Minnesota. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. I love that. The 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 pod network continues. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I mean, we I was reflecting and looking at some, I was looking at like the back end, you can see like the listeners and I was saw today that yesterday there were some listens on the wall buddy episode <laughs> with Sean and whatever we did abstract like around then or something. And it, it really made me smile to think that I was like, somebody today listened to the wall buddy thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that made me, that made me very happy. I was like, Oh yeah. Like this thing kind of exists and you put it out there and you never know. And just the fact that there's still people like discovering it and going through it and coming to your shows and supporting your records. And yeah, there's a lot of adventure town folks out there. Uh, our Denver show, Tape Girl did an acoustic set opening and she did an Adventure Time song. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Oh Fiona song um, that uh, I forget which of the Fiona Cake episodes that's from, but yeah, she did an acoustic version of that. That's was, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then we played the Enchiridion, which is yeah. an Adventure Time reference. Um, we did that every night. Which so. is like one of the hits off the record. I, I guess it's, it's, yeah, it was the third lead single. It doesn't have a, a music video because our video guy. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. But, um, it's great. I, I will say, um, Eric, we talked about it, which you, you can cut this out if you want, but when I listened to the record beforehand, uh, the first thought I remember I was like, Oh, you should lead with the Enchiridion. Cause it's like clearly like 
the hit. And I think you yeah, were like, people, people have said that to me. And then, right, but then you said I should, you wanted to lead with, uh, with weirdo, right? Yeah. And I I, think, is that, what was the name of the song? Weird. Weirdo with a capital O. Oh yes. That's what it was. <laughs> um, and, but then like living with the record a little more, um, I think that was totally the right choice. Cause that is like the perfect trailer for the album. Yeah. Um, it's more representative. I, I, f- I feel like it would have been a little disingenuous to come out the gate with the anti-reading. No, you made, you totally made the right choice and spending time with it. And that song has like, is such a cool song. Cause it has everything. It's like, um, like skate punk. And then it has the fucking sick, like tritone groovy part. And there's the ska verse. And then the, like reggae organ solo like it like it's like the perfect first song so i meant to say that i think that's the first song that i really worked out the musical arrangement for when i was writing it it's a really cool one um yeah and it made me i mean like i guess the thing that happens when you put it out because like i listened to that song a bunch of times because it was the only song out from the album on spotify so yeah um it is fun how that like seeps into your brain it it went over kind of weird um, live because we we did this thing where like, in retrospect, maybe this wasn't like a great idea, <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we opened the show with like this weird combination of like four songs, like where we we did so we did open it with a ska version of Wanderlust from Phantom Arrival, then we go into the regular version. And then halfway through, we stop playing that song and we go into Sleepwalker from Phantom Arrival. And we play the first half of Sleepwalker and then we go into Weirdo with a capital O. And then we go back and we leave Sleepwalker unfinished and we we finish Wanderlust from the beginning. And then we transition immediately into Zero Balance from the new album. So it's like... Dude, my head's exploding (laughs) thinking back because I know all those songs. I'm like, that's so much music. Yeah, there's like seamless transitions between all all four of those songs, like broken and up. Sleep, Sleepwalker has the drum intro, right? The yeah, 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 which is kind of uh, helps with. Tra- I can imagine it. Yeah. yeah, so there's like like it all works out with like the keys, and there's like there's like common tone diminished chords that like modulate into the new songs and stuff. So like it it flows like musically. I was like very. <laughs> proud of myself for figuring out how to do it yeah but it's too much for an audience (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like out the gate especially people that have never seen us live before and have never heard some of the songs because like they're from our new album it was too weird yeah it was was too much (laughs) i mean that's that's so much music because like it's it's i think it's like 15 minutes of music and i there's no like break for me to be like hey what's up denver we're the holophonics good to see you (laughs) Which is good for a certain kind of listener, which I do. I do appreciate about the album and the show is that like you're kind of drawing a line in the sand a little bit and just being like, this is what we do. Like get on or get off. And I think there is a good energy because then the people who get on hopefully are like really on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, like we've talked about, it takes a it takes a little bit of time for people yes. to really get on this record. <laughs> it's a I mean, it's a it, um. I mean, I said it earlier as a compliment, but it's like an, a record where things are really start clicking on like listen two, three, four, and like, and you're then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I I cracked that song, like. But to me, that's always been my favorite records 
are that way where yeah i mean because the alternative to... is like you get sick of a record because you you understand it on your first go through and like yeah. okay i i don't feel so bad about talking shit about this man because they're famous and shit but and i, I we've had our opportunities and we're never going to get to open for them but mxpx uh-huh. right they are a formidable pop punk band mm-hmm. they are very good at what they do mm-hmm. but what they do is entirely unsurprising mm-hmm. i think their last record they put out i listened to the first three songs and i'm like all right I know exactly what the next eight songs are going to sound like. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah. And I never needed to listen to that album again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's not fun. That's not the most fun part. And they're, to be. they're, it's not bad. Yeah. It, what they do is perfectly good. It's, it's appropriate. It's the thing that they do, but it's 100% digestible and understandable on your yeah. first listen. And then what else do you do with it? Where, where do yeah. you go? Or even there's stuff too where I'll, I'll listen to a new band's record, but it's more of just like inviting and like you get it on the first go around. Like it's 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 nice palatable listening stuff. Like it works on a Spotify radio playlist or whatever. Um, and I like some music like that. And there's some stuff that I really like, but it's like my favorite stuff has always been like you listen to it and I'm like, whoa, that was cool. I want to hear that part again. Or like, whoa, what was happening on that? Like. I, I don't know. Or like that, that, that there's this weird thing that happened. I don't, and like, you kind of have to go through it a bunch of times and, and crack it. And I think, I mean, we talked about it and it's like all my favorite bands. Most of my favorite music is like that. Um, and my favorite rock bands, especially like when we were in college, were all sort of like that RX bandits and Mars Volta and fall of Troy and all these like bands and coheed. And yeah. And it's like, I remember listening to RX, especially like, and the battle begun and like it just opening up after listen, after listen. And like, I'm literally like probably kind of like my, my, my 15th listen, like really paying attention to the last song on the record or something, because I'd been spending so much time, the first four songs, like right. understanding them. And I, I don't know. I think hopefully like if the people, people who do give this a shot, Lavos, I think we'll form a deep bond with it because there's so much there to, like get into i hope so it's only going to get weirder from here like <laughs> the next record is going to be even more in- insane and just it we're going down a path that i don't think we can come back from now <laughs> but i'm working on this new solo album and I, yeah. i've been working on it for last year and i think if people don't like lavos but they like they're still scott punk people i think maybe they'll like that cool <laughs> i mean the um the a side b side record's really sweet the two EPs. Oh yeah. That one's not like neither of those were ska. Really. No. There's I mean there's a little bit of ska on it, but it was just I was just doing something a little different. But this this new record I'm working on is definitely a ska record. It's the most ska record that I've done probably since my first solo record. Cool. So as much ska as as, as you've been able to get from me in the last six years is Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to, to dig in on it. Um, yeah. I went to LA. I was hanging out with Sean Harvey, you know, brother of the pod. And I know, I think we'd even talked about maybe trying to get him to do one while I was there, but it didn't happen. We were hanging and doing stuff. We were working on my long gesturing record. I was thinking, I was like, man, that, well, that thing's been a longer, I knew it was going to be a long-term project, but I had talked about some other, my fun records, like my one minute, I was saying before my one minute song records, um, which I have like 
tons of songs going, but I was like, man, we just crossed hundred episodes and I still haven't released that thing. I'm like, that's like not good. Like I gotta, I gotta finish that project and just move on with my life. Um, which I think is good energy to have sometimes too. Like there's time for perfecting energy. And I think there's other also times where like, all right, now we need to get some things done. Um, right. Right. So I need to Getting do that. through the backlog. Yeah. Um, any yeah. ska songs on there? Um, I tried to do a, a dub song on it, <laughs> but I don't know if it, it really got there. No, but I'd like there to be. <laughs> I, I think there's a, there's going to be some like, kind of like funkier songs. Yeah. And that hip hop song. Uh, yeah. There's like a surfy song, but no, no Scott. Any yacht rock? Yacht rock adjacent. I'd, I, I'd say. Yacht rock adjacent. I can, I can get down with. Yeah. Well, I would the love agency of yacht rock. I'd love, I want, I want these one minute song albums to have, to become a series so, so I can just like keep making music and art and doing, and uh, I would love, we should collaborate on a, a yacht rock adjacent song, <laughs> yeah. like figure out how to do it, but make it like um, palatable. But yeah, dude, I actually, I heard um, right before it was after we did it, but right before the break, I was listening. There's this um, podcast called tape notes. Have you heard of this? No, it's a UK podcast, and this guy interviews people about the making of their records, and it's a little, it's way more casual than um, Song Exploder, but it's also a bit more in the weeds, where they'll actually talk about like gear, like what were the five most important pieces of gear that you used in the making of this record, and they'll literally talk about microphones and preamps and stuff, mm. and it's an hour plus, so they'll really. And they'll like break down specific tracks about how it happened. Um, but a clip came up and it was from this guy, Chet Faker, who, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Nick Murphy is, is like the same guy. He's like got two pseudonyms. And I like, I think I saw Nick Murphy or Chet Faker live at Governor's Ball one year, like briefly. And it was kind of, it was pretty cool. It was kind of cool. And I had friends who listened to his records, but I never really got into it. I was like, I don't know if that's for me or whatever, but he did one of these tape, no podcasts and the, the thumbnail looked interesting and, and nothing against the guys. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And he had, um, two really cool pieces. Oh yeah. He had two, they asked like about, uh, lessons he learned or like advice. And he had two really great quotes, which is cool that I, that it, I clicked on cause he's not like, a, like one of my dudes or whatever, but he had two, two of his quotes. One of the quotes and these were inspiring, but was, um, he was talking about like perfectionism. And he said that if you, if you like hold like, I think he was talking about like, like the value of finishing things. And he was talking about how like his dad was like, well, you just make records. He's like, I love Van Morrison. He just made a record a year for year after year. And, and he was like, yeah, whatever dad, like, I don't like, I'm going to get my stuff right. But then, then he was, he brought up this really good point, which I had heard the cases for being, prolific with your art before but he had said like if you spend too much time perfecting like a collection of like say 10 songs or whatever then you're not making new songs and he was sort of like if you keep moving like then you are making more songs and you'll get to the next song and the next song could be even better and if you keep going like the the song that's in four songs that you're going to write could be better than the song that you think is your best song now. 
And if you spend all this time working, you'll never write the four song, the song in four songs, which might spur you off into another thing or your songs. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, like if, like, and it's like almost like a law of like averages of returns or something. But I was like, oh yeah, that's just like a really practical way to look at it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, which is why, like, I'm glad that I kind of got over that hump and mm-hmm. using cover songs. Yeah, we did so many fucking cover albums, and I hate them. But like, it led me to be less precious about the album making process, uh-huh. and knowing that as soon as you finish this one, there's another one to do, and it it'll probably be better than this one. And, and I I think it should. I uh, honestly like it bumps me out when artists put out records that aren't as good as the previous one like Mm -hmm. all of my favorite bands i think their later work is probably their best yeah because that's just a sign of maturity and growing and continuing to learn and get better at your craft yeah which i appreciate and it's it but it also like it it creates this weird sort of like trail of evidence of like you know stuff from 10 years ago being you know just something that you're not fond of anymore but it's still out there because it was an album that you you finished and you released it and you did it just to do it and it's and now it's still there there's a record of it like and and anyone can go back and listen to like what it was 10 years ago and you're not happy with that anymore um which you know that's the double-edged sword of it yeah well and which which he which he said then next which was that he he like had a conversation with a guy who was like a conservatory trained, like trumpet player. And he said he stopped playing because he was never like going to be as good as he wanted to be, or could never, he was never going to reach the level uh, or that his potential was at due to time or something. So he was like, he was kind of burnt down. I was, I'm stop. And his response was like, you think I'm at the level? You think anybody is at the level where they want to be? He's like, no, he's like, I don't think the job of an artist or a musician is to reach that level and be there and just sustain it and be this like perfect version of themselves. He goes like, I think the idea of being an artist is to share the journey of you striving for that sort of perfection, which you will just keep doing for forever. Yeah. Um, I, you know, um, which I thought was a really cool way to look at it and to me and i was here i was like oh yeah that's like it's all it's so freeing to think this way versus the like i'm making this this thing this is going to be the this song is going to be the thing that defines me it's like then it's like too much or something right so uh recently on on tour uh, i don't know if you've been following this paramore they started playing misery business oh, again yeah. yeah um after Haley williams sort of like swore off playing that mm-hmm. song and it kind of bumps me out that they brought it back because i thought that her reasoning for for removing it was so valid and just resonated with like the artistic experience that, that i go through yeah. where she basically said you know she wrote that song when she was young and it didn't represent her views currently anymore anymore like it, you know i mean there were a problem with like the lyrics and she, yeah but but also misogynist like, yeah, yeah just like like musically like it didn't represent her anymore and she said that it's weird because like those were literally pages of her diary and when you're a musician putting out records especially like on a major label and you've got all this you know attention on you 
you've got people literally reading your diary as you're growing up. Yeah. And, and that, you know, obviously that doesn't re- represent you, you know, 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's weird having that version of your past self still around to haunt you like that. And I definitely understood everything she meant when she explained why she didn't want to play that song anymore. And then I think TikTok just kind of pressured her into doing it again, which <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess also like um, the Olivia Rodrigo song, which is her big song was like, they had to give <laughs> writing credit to Paramore yeah. uh, for it. She did a, a whole, I, I saw it on social media somewhere where she did a, she like really explained it before they played the song again. Um, yeah. And she did a whole, did you see her? explanation and bringing it back uh I, I i didn't see the video of the performance but I, I read an article about it yeah and and her her, her reason for bringing it back i mean she she says like it's it's not great but like i don't know like i'd have to go rewatch it we could watch it right now <laughs> yeah sure um but it was like pretty good if i remember if i remember correctly i was like i i i liked it too like when they when they stopped playing it, i thought that was like kind of nice but i mean they're also it's like a hard for a band like that because because like it's their biggest song and it's and like they are there i mean i think what makes them I mean, is it really their biggest song because like because they, they had it seemed like they had way more radio play for stuff like they uh, did like ain't it fun or ain't it fun and still into you were yeah, like really big you. songs um but i think like mr Mrs. is kind of like their defining song in a lot of people's minds, you know? Um, and it's like, that's the song everybody knew that that was like, that was the introduction to the world. It was like a warp tour anthem. Um, but so yeah, I, it's, it's, it's tough. Oh, but I, um, I liked, I liked when they, they dropped it too. Like, let me find this. Um, Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I just, I really appreciated her perspective on it. I thought it was very informed and, and wise and mature. Um, and honestly, I would go back to that every time that I thought about thought it. about like my old shit that I hated. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but now she's playing it again. So. <laughs> this is at a festival, though. Um. Oh, this is. We're gonna need like a headline show. Oh, whoa! See, this is a twelve-minute video. <clears throat> Dude, the, the new stuff, the Talking Heads vibe, is so great. Yeah, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't even notice that influence until I did that show for the Talking yeah. Heads tribute. But I appreciate that so much now. This is why I was like one of the best songs I ho- heard all year. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear the new one, the news? They put no, a new song. I didn't get that yet. In, in, in December. Um, here we go. I mean, honestly, we've been touring since Zach was 14, I was 16. We're in our 30s now, I'm 33. Be a band. Like, this is going to be a speech. <laughs> <laughs> and 
to like go to the chiropractor a thousand times. <laughs> no. um, but the, the weirdest thing is like, we were gone for a couple of years and then like people started putting misery business all over TikTok. craziest shit, the fact that emo has had this resurgence. People used to make fun of emo kids. There's a different um, video that I saw, which was, I mean, it was at when we were young festival, which I think she was like a bit more like angry when huh. she was talking about a lot of that stuff. Um, but I, uh, what'd you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, th I think it was, I, I like that is that it's almost honest because it's, <laughs> she's being honest in that, 
like you're saying with like TikTok void or into it, but it's basically like, oh, like people like this now. And like, you know, four or five years ago, they made that album that was like totally on this other trip. Mr. Biz didn't res- like represent them anymore. And it didn't even seem that relevant to where they were going or what they were doing. And now it's, it is interesting for basically for her to be like, whoa, emo's back. People like this song. I guess we should play. <laughs> right. I think I, what I didn't hear from her in that particular speech is basically her personal take on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's more. The other one did have that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think now what it more comes down to is like, people like this song. It's big. It's not going away. Like TikTok made it a thing again. Emo yeah. is coming back. Like we have to be reckoning with this. Like yeah. there's not, it's not an option. Like we can't just say like, we're done with the song and it's going to go away because it's not, yeah. it came back Yeah, and, and it had nothing to do with anything. The band did had nothing no. to do with, with the songwriter. Like people just made this song a thing again. Mm-hmm. So now there's a responsibility. I think that she's feeling like, okay, like, yeah, like this song exists. I acknowledge that it's our song. It's L- let's make sure it exists in the right context now. Yeah. Um, which and, I appreciate that. She didn't even say that directly, but that's what she did with that speech. Right, right, right. Which is, uh, yeah. And resetting the context, which I, which I really liked. And I, I look back on it too. There was that, did you ever watch that show on Fuse they had? It was like a warp Tour documentary show. Probably. And I remember they were on it and they were like hot and young and, um, and they were, they're like Christian or something. Oh yeah. Um, and like under oath was Christian. And like, I remember f- they had like a, remember, like, f- well, I just remember all the shit fat Mike. Fat Mike yeah. yeah. And, like, uh, he was just like, he was just like bully under oath. Yeah. Well, he was bully, <laughs> under oath, but he was also like bullying Paramore. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, they're like 17 and it's like the only female fronted band on the tour. And he's going in talking, like basically poking holes and why, you know, that got like, why organized religion is bullshit, which is like a fat Mike thing to do. But I do, I do like, there was that, which is like, I think at the time I was probably like, oh, that's funny or whatever. But um, there is like, like a veiled thing of misogyny, I think. Oh, sure. In that. It, and early 2000s, and, like no effects punks kind of. Yeah, for sure. And like, there was a lot of people talking shit on Paramore. And it's like one of those things, like at the time, I don't think I got it. Um, and I always listened to the records and kept up and liked a lot of those songs, but like, yeah, looking back on it now, I'm like, God, it must've been so brutal to be her. It's like, yeah, they were like one of the biggest bands, but also I was like, I just remember that time. It was so weird. Um, so it's cool. They're getting their due and, and sticking up for what's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I definitely see the appeal of having a more curated control over your catalog um but shit like that does wind up happening you know yeah yeah just it just it's like yeah exactly tiktok mega thing like you have to reckon with it and it's better to have that speech rather than and give it the context yeah right i like it we probably don't need to put that whole speech in the episode what our listeners don't want to just <laughs> wait for us to play a YouTube video on the podcast. <laughs> it was, I don't know what kind of sound quality went through. Okay, so I don't know if you've noticed this over our last few episodes that we've posted. I, I think we're going to change it, but the, uh, the length of the episodes has been a little bit longer. And I think that's partly due to my more lax uh, <laughs> editing. 
Yeah. Where I just don't cut quite as much. I just leave all the ums and, and likes and dead air in just because I was so busy in like October, November, December with shows and, and working and everything. Uh, and I would be editing podcasts from the monitor console at Brooklyn Bowl. Like yeah, after, we, after we do sound check, when we have like an hour and a half between sound check and doors, like I'd just be back in the corner on stage just editing podcasts. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> so now I have a little bit more time. My schedule at the venue is a little easier uh, for January, uh, which means I'm going to be broke. <laughs> but i'll have free time you only get one yeah um well you know it's also funny is that someone listened to the 100th episode special and was talking about like oh you know it was great but this is gonna break your heart but they were kind of like i think you could like he was like hey like i've helped like i helped with a friend's podcast and i think like there be there be some like easy ways you could improve like the audio quality and i was like what are you talking about it's really good but then they were referring to like the 14 minute conversation we had with Sean on the phone, oh. probably. And we were just like holding it up. And then like, I think we did the same thing with like Mara and Dave Lucas and oh, everybody. Yeah, that was all over that episode. It was all over the episode. And I was like, dude, I'm like, that's like one of the hallmarks of adventure guys. Like we're very proud of our quality. But then I realized, Oh, you, you tuned in. That was your first episode. And that's what you heard. He was like, yeah, you, you know, you could do it. Like if they have a rig on their side, yeah, I was like, there's no. 100% a way to do call-ins to this podcast that's not holding a phone up to the up to the mic yeah, i know but we did <laughs> i know i know um and he was talking about like zoom recordings and yeah. i was it was really well-meaning and at first i got defensive and then i was like when he told me what he listened to i was like oh yeah that that makes sense there was like 40 minutes of on that podcast of me holding up a phone now i think those moments are hilarious because because our podcast is so well produced with such involved music cues yes. that there are moments of just holding a fucking iPhone up to the mic. <laughs> I love it. I think I don't want to stop it. Um, I can see if it was like if, but it's also hilarious. It's like the first episode someone listens to is episode one hundred. I know, but if that's your first episode, it's three hours and eleven minutes long. <laughs> like, good fucking luck. There's no possible way you're going to understand what's happening or get through it. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's such a a specific niche little uh, window into our particular kind of humor. And yeah. just the 100% committing to a bit of this podcast is going to be extremely well produced with very, you know, in, involved music cues and everything. And then we just don't give a fuck about the call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, there are, there are plenty of podcasts that don't do the editing process is what, I understand. Or even, even like a mixing process where they'll just record and just throw it right up. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I really do go through every minute of these, these recording sessions, whether I'm being particular about cuts or not, but I do listen to back to every single recorded minute, uh, and make sure it's at least mixed well with volumes and stuff. Um, and I do run it through the fucking you know expensive universal audio plugins and yeah <laughs> so i have all the preamps and everything going it's great uh <clears throat> but yeah we will probably turn a little bit of a corner on production quality yeah yeah we, now that we i have can. some more time if there's anyone out there who wants to help us with some video stuff we put up some stuff on youtube i want to i'd love theoretically i'd love to like film some stuff and put up clips onto social media and youtube but i just don't know if i'm really gonna 
pull that off. But if there was somebody out there who wanted to help us, <laughs> um, you could come and uh, like do that and we'll, we'll figure out an arrangement. I don't know. I still want to do a live podcast at some point. I want to do that too. And I think that the, I think the video component could help us get to a spot where it's possible. Yes. My goal is to do a concert type live podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is so stupid. <laughs> she was going to like buy a ticket at a venue to go see a, a, a podcast. <laughs> I know. Um, but they have bands also. Mm, yeah. Maybe, maybe on our, three-year anniversary episode or our 200th, 200th episode, episode. 200th episode. <laughs> yeah. Let's give us some time to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a good idea. I mean, we, I think, I think, I think we'd really need to like turn up some, some of our marketing efforts over the course of the next hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, we kind of plateaued a little bit. I think we did with our reach. We did, but I think there's still ways we can keep getting out there. Yeah. Um, Tell a friend if you're listening right now and you like it, um, because you you love because you love hearing us, you know, talk for I don't know, like roughly thirty six seven minutes. Uh, yeah, and we haven't even gotten to Adventure Time. Yet. I know that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> love listening to hear us play YouTube clips. We, we could uh, we could do the DIY tour circuit <laughs> with with podcasts. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Pod- podcast tour, <laughs> just play DIY venues. Yeah. I'm saying play with air quotes. Do you think someone would book us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we could do that if we really wanted to. It would probably be bad and that would probably be funnier. I know. Because I, I would still try and produce it to a very high quality. Like be like, we're going to play some DIY venue in Connecticut and like, and there's like drive up there on the weekend and like be the Adventure Guys podcast and we show up and do this. Yeah. And stage. there's maybe two listeners that buy tickets and there's maybe five people that are there confused yeah and that's our whole audience like if, you know it, it's it, like we bring a crew that's bigger than the audience oh my god oh because <laughs> we bring a crew with us yeah oh my god it'd be insane <laughs> I, i'm not mad about the idea um <laughs> let's talk about it more these are good we're brainstorming on air any ideas did you see the mail at gmail.com just hit us up yeah um we're open any booking agents you want oh yeah <laughs> There are no booking agents that listen to this podcast. <laughs> Who if, knows? If there are, I think I would have found out by now. Well, also, if there's an aspiring booking agent that wants to take a crack at this Adventure Guys tour, you know, hit us up. If there's, if anyone has aspirations of being a booking agent, I, I would have to dissuade them as strongly as possible. <laughs> well, there are those. They do exist. <laughs> There are professionals. So the on. way to get your start is not booking a DIY tour for hey, a podcast. Hey, come on, you're, let them <laughs> let us get that. Um, Got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the app. Okay, fine. Okay, this was season seven, episode three: Cherry Cream Soda. Cherry cream soda. Yo, this episode is devastating, horrifying, disgusting. It's a it's it's a really distinct, memorable episode of this show. We didn't look up. I'm gonna be excited to get to Miscellaneous Mania. I think my I want to do some more research on it to 
hear about the, um, you know, how it was conceived and received, but I'll tell you what, it is one that sticks in my mind as a very memorable episode of adventure time. This was one of those ones that I saw in passing where like out of context, I think my brother was watching it or something on the TV and I, I watched the episode with him and it, I was like, why are they doing this? Why is this the episode? What? This is so sad right. and moving. And like the, the, it, the, this, like the beginning of this episode where it's cherry cream soda waking up to her empty bed where her husband used to be after he just died is like, it's, it's deep. They're hitting with, this was real grief. I know. The opening beats are so they're played very seriously like there's there's no jokes there's no like hidden winks about it like the first couple beats you get of her waking up and everything they're done just like any other you know serious drama would do it which considering its place in this kids cartoon Mm -hmm. is a hilarious meta joke yeah just the gravity of it all it is a hilarious meta joke, but I will tell you what, it hit me like it wasn't a joke. Right. It, it hits like it's not a joke, which is wild. And I think what it's also- It's played without any irony. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so it's actually emotionally affecting. I think also that it's this character of Cherry Cream Soda, I don't, I don't think we've seen before, really. Like, we don't really have a relationship with this with this character and no, which again, w- w- like wh- why they focus on this character with such intensity, and it seems it's it's like um like a, a meta level thing. Like let's let's take a, a a background character that you've seen maybe you know walking like, around, yeah, yeah, and let's examine her life and how tragic it is. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, because it makes it more impactful even that it's a character that we don't know that much about that's where i was going with that where i was like like you could do any sort of sad episode about the characters we know and it would it would hit emotionally because we understand those characters we're invested in them and we feel for them but to take a a background character and just be like yo you don't even you've you haven't scratched the surface of the tragedy that cherry cream soda deals with (laughs) yeah i know and it's like lending to the idea that like We've talked about it before that there's always some other parallel adventure going on. Like for watching Finn and Jake, you know, there's some other shit going on somewhere else. And this is like, yeah, like when these things happen, <laughs> there's fallout yeah. and it's tragic fallout. And, and the, the, I'm trying to see who, who uh, the voice actress was. Is this Anne Heche? Yeah. Anne Heche was the, does cherry cream soda. Yeah. Um, and what is she known for? I knew her because she was like with Ellen DeGeneres and was in Psycho, the remake. That's right. The insane. Do you know about the remake of Psycho? Gus Van Sant remade it shot for shot from Hitchcock's movie. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. That's a story from another day. But that always seemed odd to me. Um, He's got license to do whatever the fuck he wants. If that's what, how he wants to spend his time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Post Goodwill Hunting. She had. Oh boy, she had a car crash. Oh, damn. Um, but yeah, she was in um what are the movies I'm looking at right here? 
if these walls could talk to um i know what you did last summer six days seven nights volcano yeah she's in a bunch of stuff i was just gonna say her performance in this as cherry cream soda is very good and very affecting and very grounded yes it's understated in a way that is crushing mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, i don't know it's it's yeah, this is really has always stuck in my mind. I was always like, oh, when are we going to do that episode? And <laughs> I wondered if by the time we got here it would make more sense contextually. Um, Absolutely does not. No. It's, it's, I mean, we said this before. This is a show that exists as a framework to tell any kind of story that, mm-hmm. that the, the creators want to. Mm-hmm. And then we get to a story like this and it's like they had all options open. They could do whatever they wanted. This is the story they wanted to tell. Holy shit. (laughs) Wild. This is where they're going. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. It's like, let's tell a story about grief. And they do. So she wakes up and has a dream about root beer guy getting killed, saving um, Ooh, which I think is for our benefit. Yes. Because that did happen in an earlier episode. Um, I don't really remember it, so I'm glad they showed it. Yeah, and then she just wakes up and looks at her empty bed and is crying, and it's she goes to feed her cat, and it's crushing, <laughs> absolutely crushing. And then she hears something in the the shower, and she go, and she is still groggy, and is like, "Root beer guy, my husband," and it's not starchy. And, starchy, okay. And now we- she has been. It reveals he's like, "No, you do this every morning." Like she's still in grief, and Starchy's like, "We've been married for two months." Like, isn't there an expiration date on this whole grieving thing? Oh, most dickish fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Starchy gets introduced. It's like, okay, here's the comic relief. But also it's like, it's a little touching to see like, you know, they were you know, like how it's it's working out. But then Starchy starts going off the deep end. <laughs> As you would expect. Well, in, in, the, in the first bits of it, it is a little bit touching because- while he does say that, isn't there an expiration on this grieving thing? And then he offers her a solution. Like maybe it's time to, to like, he's trying to help her move on. Um, it is touching in that he reveals that this has been happening every day since they got together, but he's still with her, which to me, when you first hear it implies patience on starchy with starchy, like, Oh yeah, this is like, that's actually kind of touching. Like he's with her and he cares for her and loves her enough to get married but is also understanding enough to be with her on her journey through grief and isn't like being mad about it, which is wonderful. And that's what I thought when when it first happened. Right. And as Starchy continues to talk and the episode goes on, that's not the case. Right. He just digs himself deeper into being an asshole throughout this whole episode. Digs. (laughs) Um, Because he reveals he's a grave digger. Now, is that canonical? Is he a grave digger? Dicker. Um, is he a grave digger in other episodes? I want to look at that. I I don't think we ever delve into whatever his career is. Right. I guess his hobby is as a radio broadcaster. Yeah, see, that's what I thought he was. Occupation grave digger. That's what it says. Um, on the wiki. Um, him as like, yeah, I guess he has like a coast to coast conspiracy radio guy. Um so but this is a good I was gonna I said this when we were watching it, but I thought this was a very good use of starchy yeah like he's a great like husband too like that it's clearly not probably going to work out (laughs) soon to be x um i i thought that was good use of him 
and like also giving enough room and like um I was gonna say like uh, motivation for for uh, her to go back to root beer guy hopefully yeah starchy is I I think to me what really grounds this episode in the Adventure Time world uh-huh. they could have gone even more into left field and just had a new character introduced yeah and another it, candy person yeah and it could have been far more tragic and the things that that Starchy says would have been more traffic because he he says he's a grave digger and he says I think it's time that you you mar- uh, bury him maybe I could do it for you you know just like dig a big hole throw him into an unmarked grave be done with it like throw him in with a bunch of other guys yeah it's the, like oh like what? the the way that he he's so nonchalant about that kind of shit is is very much in line with the Adventure Time style of humor and the way that they talk and we know that character is even a hyperbole of adventure time kind of humor. Uh, so that's what sort of makes it fit into the house style a little bit more for me. But yeah, I see another version of this that was possible without starchy. That's like to- no holds barred, just a serious drama. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like almost there. Um, and then like, and it, it still is very dramatic. Like she takes the ashes of root beer guy. Yeah. Goes, every scene with cherry cream soda by herself is devastating. Yeah. And she goes, it's raining with the cat and goes to bury it in a grave. And as she's doing it, she has a memory to when she first met root beer guy, which is <laughs> with princess Bubblegum. <laughs> oh my God. You got a kick out of this. This, this was maybe the funniest part of the episode for me. Yeah. Cause it, it, it was, a kind of humor that was lighthearted and good natured at its core, mm-hmm. but also severely awkward. Yeah. Uh, and all the funny stuff that Starchy does is just him being such a fucking asshole. And this is sort of Princess Bubblegum's way of being an asshole, but it's it's from such a different angle that yeah, yeah so I, I yeah, she just creates new life like here are two fucking new people sentient beings yeah like, she pours them into glasses <laughs> yeah and then puts them close together and goes you two are married <laughs> and then they're they blush it's like a fucking afterthought to her and yet it's still sweet it is sweet it made me go ah <laughs> yeah. i thought it was very cute <laughs> i don't know why but it just worked now what that reminded me of though was a potential solution in all of this which is princess bubblegum now if, if cherry cream sort of remembers that that she and Mr. Rupier guy were made by PB. Could she not go to PB with his mug and be like, can you please <laughs> fix this fucking zombie? <laughs> yeah. Or make another, like pour another root beer. <laughs> There's so many more. This, this episode could have gone down so many different paths. <laughs> yeah. That must've been considered in the writer's room. <laughs> yeah. Um, would it be a different root beer guy? Are all root beer guys the same? Are there other root beer guys? It's like, we don't really know. It's like uh, James. Do you remember that character? Which one's James? He's the candy guy that sacrifices himself. Oh, yeah. So she makes another one and he does it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She does it and he keeps coming back. He's the same character. Does she try to remake Lemon Grab or something at some point? Um, she tries to f- fix, fix him, him and she makes somehow. lemon hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's number one adventure time podcast right here. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
she says goodbye and it does help her process this grief and she wakes up the next day to start she shaving his mustache which is weird because he doesn't shave it like it's like what i don't know i don't know either um but it is also sweet to see them like in a domestic situation like a normal domestic i don't know why um and then all of a sudden root beer guy shows up in the window and he's not no longer root beer guy he's his mug is filled with dirt and he has a dirt body and he's like a zombie with lots of strength and he comes back in and just it's just resuming his life yeah it's weird this is like so now it becomes sort of like a castaway situation yes i thought of castaway and i've seen other movies where this is where this happens but i can't remember what this happened to us before but i can't remember what it was Um, yeah i don't i don't i I can't think of any other references to that but yeah because i feel like like the drama is a little bit undercut by starchy being such a fucking dick. Yeah. Um, be- there could have been a more, a rich drama there between the choice between the two of them. Um, and you know, when he comes back, Starchy's cool and root beer guys being weird. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the way that it's presented from here and out, like it's a very in- insane dilemma, but I, I would say it's weird to me. Like, Reaper guy seems aloof and dumb. Doesn't he? Like, I almost thought he seems yeah. like not all there, which was confusing because cherry cream soda is all there. I was like, is this part of his zombie thing? Is he normally not all there? Like what's going on? I don't know. Did you, did you pick up on something? Did you feel that at all? Yeah. I, I don't remember if he's usually that stupid. Yeah. But he was like being stupid. So that made it, that made me feel weird about, I wasn't immediately rooting for him to get back because he's kind of stupid, but then tr- <laughs> Starchy's a dick and I, I, it is a, the way they played it was interesting. I thought that like maybe they could have done it another way. Yeah. It never seemed like there was a true dilemma for cherry cream soda. Yeah. It seemed like they, they sort of reduced her agency in the situation a little bit to make it more of a conflict between the two men. Yeah. Um, which is a little less interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. because, simply because like both of those characters are just being so wild and weird. Yeah. I mean, at some point it almost, it's almost sort of like this is still adventure time. A kids show, like <laughs> if they made it all about her struggle to make that choice, like it, it could have been very weird. <laughs> a little too heavy. A little too heavy maybe <laughs> at that point. Um, yeah. So then he, she tells him to get out cause he's breaking everything. Cause he's like so strong and he doesn't realize he's breaking things. Like, I'm yeah, like, he's got on like, He's got zombie strength for some reason. Yeah. I which, guess. Which is odd. Um, <laughs> but whatever. And then um, I will say that this is, is, is a heavy episode. And then after this happens, you know, he leaves and he goes to the candy tavern and he's having a pint with Jake and Lady Rainicorn. And I don't know about you, but I wrote down my notes like it feels so good to see Jake. Like I felt like. <laughs> I felt like I was seeing a good friend. You know what I mean? Like I felt the warmth of, <laughs> of, of Jake just reading the episode. Like I also liked, it made me think, I was like, oh yeah, like Jake, Jake, well, Jake is a guy I'd want to call in this situation. And also I'm like, oh yeah, like I guess they have these other relationships. Maybe we don't see also Jake's a popular guy. I'm sure like, yeah, I like seeing Jake without Finn. Yeah. Um, And he's hanging out with his he was wife, probably with he was probably with Lady Rainicorn somewhere, and uh, Root Beer guy called him and he was like, "Hey, we gotta go. Like, this is important." And they, <laughs> they do, and it, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. 
I don't know why, like, <laughs> but it actually affected me seeing Jake there. Um, yeah, he doesn't really. The advice he gives is not earth shattering, really. It's just like tell her how you feel, like that yeah. kind of shit. It's more just like I, I think, kind of, just speaks to the effect that Finn and Jake have on all these other characters. Sometimes, you know, for better or for worse. Because uh, it was a Finn and Jake adventure that got Mr. Rupert guy killed. Yeah. And so, yeah, they kind of just like storm through the Canyon Kingdom and everyone else feels the consequences of their actions. But also Jake can just show up and say a couple of reassuring things and like totally like 180 Rupert guy's outlook. <laughs> yeah. It's like the power that these two heroes have is immense. <laughs> and like they don't always wield it responsibly. Here we see a, like a little snippet of like it doing something good, I guess, but it's so casual that it's like, oh my gosh, Jake, you don't even realize what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it is casual. It's also, I like that you bring that up because I think that it shows that their power isn't always so tied to like them as adventurers, but also them as human beings. Like, right. I feel like their social worth because like of the great guys they are and, yeah. and like how they talk, like is they're important to the community of you, you see this in ice king's character a lot too like as, even even though like they started out as enemies like ice king holds finn in such high esteem he's as like one of the coolest guys around yeah like, he just thinks finn is super cool and like like when he goes to parties like he says oh yeah i'm friends with finn yeah <laughs> i like that a lot yeah. and uh i think that's i think it's like a subtle good message to give kids too it's a good reminder for me honestly like it's cool to be nice to people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like we all could use that. Oh my gosh. Every time I meet a grumpy sound guy. Yeah. is just a reminder of how much more fun it is to be a nice, friendly, helpful sound guy. <laughs> yes. Be nice and <laughs> That was on my mind a lot recently. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, yeah. That's fun. So uh, yeah, that's a really great point you bring up. Um, so yeah, so Rupert guy with his he's going to tell her how I feel he, he runs back and Starchy's waiting outside. Um, and he's got like his shovels, like he's going to take care of this. <laughs> the, sh- um, the shovel gags were, they were good. Yeah, I mean, he also, I'll, I'll he, we, we forgot. He said a weird thing, like, which is we see a scene where they're cleaning up after he broke it. And he said, I can't believe you ever married such a freak. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. It's like, why is he saying that? It's like, clearly now he's getting jealous and everything, but. I didn't like that. Yeah, he's being real mean um, in like a domestically uncomfortable way. Yeah, and I mean it kind of, it it it's it's almost like surreal, like how fucked up he's being. Yeah, and at the end, she kind of is like, "Yo, you're a fucking maniac." <laughs> yeah, she calls him a maniac, and you're like, "Thank, for, thank you for acknowledging that." He is it's Jesus Christ. It's like I can't believe I ever got that low or whatever yeah. she says. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to date him. Uh, yeah, because they come back and they're battling and. You know, he's like, I don't want to hurt you, Rupert guy, and and uh, Starchy just keeps egging him on, and it's like, I th- I thought he might like launch Starchy into like the horizon or something, but he doesn't. Um, and then right as they're about to take off, um, she does bring back to her agency. You're bringing up Cherry Cream Soda's agency. She, that's what she says. She goes, neither of you asked what I what you thought I want, which is like good. Yeah, that's the question we should be asking here. And she says, what I want is neither of you. And that's when she tells Starchy he's a fucking maniac because he is. Um, and then to Rupert Guy to his credit, he's going to leave because that's what she said she wanted. But then she says, well, I don't know you, but 
I could get to know you, which is very sweet. Um, and yeah. And they agree they're going to go on dates and that's how it ends. Yeah. It ends. The ending is, I thought it was a little bit of a weird place to end, but also it was a weird place to start the episode. Is like, there's so much more to these people's lives <laughs> and we're yeah. not going to get to know it. We just got that little 11 minute snippet. <laughs> yeah. I do like, I mean, group your guy definitely had the right to meet her. You know, when, when Starchy tries to duel with him, he does literally say, this is childish, <laughs> which is nice. Um, yeah, that's, I, I want more of, <laughs> of this weirdly, but I'm also, you know, it's, it was a, it was a tough episode. <laughs> yeah. Did you happen to see the snail in it? No, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I didn't. We're out of practice. We're out of practice. Also, it was just such a heavy one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the snail was even, I mean, he was in there, but. Okay. Cool. Um, you know, hey, plugs. If you're liking this, like we said, we're trying to always trying to get this to new people. If you could share this with one person, you know, um, you can follow us on social media at Adventure Guys Podcast. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, you can go to anchor.fm slash Adventure Guys Podcast and uh, kick us a few bucks a month. That would be uh, helpful because we're going to use it and the production of this podcast. And um, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh Miscellany Mania. There's things you may not know. Zarek and Nick will show you all the trivia and miscellaneous. All right, now we've got a bunch of uh Cultural references in here. Storyboarded by Graham oh, Falk. Yes, thank you. Let's let's. That's where we're supposed to start. <laughs> it's, a, it's a solo endeavor. Uh, I don't recognize that name. Yeah, I'm looking at other episodes. Oh, did there's a there's a root beer guy episode, which that's one I don't remember. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Like they sort of modeled this one off of that. I don't remember it either though. But okay, uh-huh. he also did the root beer guy episode. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Oh, we're gonna have to watch that. Um, the Orgalorg episode, Ghostfly. Oh, uh, he so he did Ghostfly with Cole Sanchez, but it says that he usually does his episodes solo. Yeah, which we've discussed is a uh, gargantuan endeavor. Oh wow! Did uh, Abstract? Um, that's a you know obviously a great one. Um, yeah. Uh, well, very cool. Okay, so the root beer guy episode is in the fifth season. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a finless episode. Let's you know, uh, Starchy mentions him, but very rare to get one of those. Um, they they say that the resurrection of how root beer guy is brought back, where um, lightning strikes a crowbar next to a grave, may be an odd to how Jason Voorhees is brought back in Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jesus, I'm not familiar. part six. I, I don't don't remember that one. I know me neither. <laughs> um, I know sometimes the, the the one the references in this this wiki are a little a little odd. 
I mean, or off. I mean, it probably is true. Yeah. Um, but I gotta think like lightning striking a grave. That's gotta be a more ubiquitous reference than just Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, same thing. I mean, they were given like, oh, reanimating the dead comes from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I was like, uh, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, and wasn't the whole thing with that just uh, putting a bunch of body parts together and then giving us some electrical juice? Yeah, that makes sense. I guess they don't—they don't really explain it. That I guess he's just a a jar of dirt because the root beer of his essence like soaked into the dirt. Yeah, and that, but she said that that the root beer soaked into the dirt where the original accident happened. I thought. Just sort of, I don't know, seems like a weird, like that brings up more questions about, to me, that makes me want to ask questions about what, where is their sentience derived from and <laughs> what, what, how, what, what are the, uh, the, the properties of, of the actual root beer and cherry cream soda? Like what, what is their bodies? Like are the, are the jars or the mugs that they're in, is that part of their body? Like what's, what's going on here? I know. <laughs> like, is that their skeleton or something? I don't <laughs> that might be what it sort of is. Because we see him nod his head and like some of the dirt falls out and then starts, he's trying to dig the dirt out of the top of his head. It's like, what, but it doesn't seem to affect him. Like what's going on. And these are just parts of the mechanics and physics of this world that aren't important that, yeah <laughs> we'll just keep moving yeah. um I, I did see a cool note from the av club review which is that music and color are used effectively to establish the mood and the atmosphere and that like the color palettes are changed throughout the episode like it's and i, I did notice that it's like it's like in the beginning it's it's rainy it's very dull especially for adventure time and i think it i was like oh yeah i guess i didn't i didn't even really notice the music in this episode i'd be interested to go hear it again there was one music cue that I was particularly drawn into. Um, I forget exactly what was going on though. It was like really ominous and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've complained a little bit about the sort of lack of meaning behind some of the music in this show. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I am on, I started like my eighth watch through of steven universe recently wow eight. <laughs> and i'm just continually impressed over and over again about how great the score is for steven universe hell yeah it's been on my mind a lot yeah i i i i only watched it once loved it i so i haven't watched steven universe in about a year and a half uh which was an extremely long stretch of time for me i think i watched it seven times over the course of like three years or something like that. And um, for whatever reason, I hadn't watched it since moving into Brooklyn. Since, yeah. Since uh, it's been a long time, like, but I got back from this tour and I was like, the time is right now. This is it. It's like, I'm, I'm back here. Like I know, I know this feeling and I know I need to watch TV universe. Like it's the, hit. the calling has found me again. Yeah. <laughs> I've felt that with with shows. Twin Peaks has hit me like that before. There's some storyboard online, which is cool. The bathroom 
scene with the shower, that is a reference to Psycho. Interesting. And that makes sense. Yeah. With the uh, the the diehard thing with the shovel. Is that uh on the back? Yeah. Wow, so that was the first time that somebody did that where they had like a a weapon taped to their back. It was in Die Hard. This is such a sick idea. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything else. I was I was checking out other places on the internet, but but yeah. Good episode. Interesting episode. Yeah. No Finn in this episode, and this is a consecutive episode without Finn. Cause he was not in the previous one, Varmints. Is that right? I don't know what that episode was. Either. Oh, that's a Marceline and Princess Bubblegum episode. Cool. Shall we uh, pick our episode for next week? Yeah, let's see what we get. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? One twenty-six. The party's over. I la de senorita. Oh, we did that one. I was going to look it up. Oh, yeah, we did. That was, at the time, one of our least favorite episodes so far. Glad we got it out of the way. Let's run it again. What we got? What are we going to watch next week? 70. The New Frontier. It's a Tom Herpich episode. And... Did we do that one? Bert, you know, uh, they go to space in that one, I think. Is that correct? It's an owl episode. Did we do this one? Finn tries to stop Jake. I don't think we did. I don't think so. Wait, this is the one where Jake is... He thinks he's going to die and he's accepting of it. And he just tries to kill himself, basically. Yeah. Oh. With Weird owl in it. There, there. There's the episode. We did it? 35 <laughs> we, we did this yeah. <laughs> episode 35 of our podcast great okay so uh, we're getting to this point we've done over a third of the episodes is that true yes yeah right. okay so what are we going to 122 what do we got now this problem is going to become more and more exacerbated as we princess potluck uh i don't think we did that no i don't think so is this the one with Breakfast Princess? I don't think we saw this one. Ice King wants to uh, ruin a Princess Potluck because he didn't get invited. I don't. I don't think we did this. Breakfast. All the princesses are in it. I don't think we did that, right? No, I think this one's good. Cool. Princess Potluck, season five, episode eighteen. Okay. We'll we'll see you um, for Adventure Guys episode one hundred three. Um, yeah, if you want to give us a, um, um, a review on the podcast apps of your choice, you can like on the Spotify mobile app, if you're listening right now, you can just give us a simple star rating for on the Apple podcast app. Um, it really helps to give us a review. I see we got one about a month ago on, uh, December 1st, um, (laughs) Just want to say, this is from Dan can't find a nickname. Uh, just want to say I've gotten to the point listening to this podcast. I find myself laughing, responding to what you guys are saying. Um, this reminds me of how consistently I made this podcast a part of my day. I'm on episode 67. 
Made it to be November a year late. I'll catch up sometime. <laughs> Love the music, talk, and theme songs. It's because y'all that I discovered Jeff Rosenstock and the Mars Volta. Keep Hell it up. Hell yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> That's hey, the best review we've ever gotten. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe. It, here's, here's our, our Jeff in, in, Oh, wow. In Under the Wire. <laughs> Uh, we should, we should tweet that at Jeff and be like, yo, <laughs> right? Like, I, lo- I love the music talk and theme songs. It's because you that I discovered Jeff Rosenstock and the Mars Volta. Keep it up. That's, see, we keep finding our people. Just, it's just, it's just little by little. I mean, Jeff Rosenstock, friend of the show. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Cedric would watch Adventure Time. One day. <sighs> yeah. I, it, I feel like I, I don't really ever understand his tastes. Like he he might eviscerate it or he might revere it. Yeah. I think he like it. Or he might think it's just okay. <laughs> yeah. <maybe. laughs> There's no way for me to know. Who knows? <clears throat> well, one day we'll find out. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Leave us a, a kind review like that. That was really cool to see. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, anything else to add, Eric? <sighs> I can't remember anything right now. I'm tired. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, uh, good night. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Peace out y'all.